Well, this is the spot where I would normally put in the music, the, the music, and you'd have to do a little dance or something. I get all my people to <laughs> go along with the music. Yeah. <laughs> so you get out of that tonight because yes. we're recording on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not either. I, I do the same moves every time. You know, it's like I do a couple of these. I do a couple of Vogue options, you know. Vogue, Maybe. Vogue is always a good one. Yeah, maybe air guitar. It's hard, you know, because you're sitting in your seat. You can't really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do all that. Uh, and I won't have the bell. So we'll just have to use an imaginary bell and I'll splice it over. Because uh, I like to do a a fun segment. Typically, I do a game in the middle of the, the podcast. So. Oh. Yeah. So be prepared for that one. Yeah, yours this is going to be interesting. Yours will be fairly mild. So okay. you don't have to worry about it. All right. All right. It's a fair roll, in, roll intro. Music. music. <laughs> uh. Hey, welcome to The Lounge. I'm Matt with Walton Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast, where we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking shop with each other. You would know him if you saw him from his towering stature to his bent brim snapback. With over 170,000 <laughs> YouTube subscribers, this woodworker teaches others how to build a variety of projects. Since 2003, he has been serving in the U.S. Army, traveling around the world, and dishing out orders as a drill sergeant. Today, he's here in the lounge, and I've never felt more inclined to do a rep of push-ups. Jason Bent yeah. with Bent's Woodworking is our guest in the lounge today. Jason, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you so much for asking me. Uh, we can, I can wait if you want to do those pushups real quick. No, Let, let's see if I, for every time I screw up, we'll, we'll put on negative yeah. 10 pushups. Yeah. Okay. So, it's an IOU. Yeah. IOUs. Yeah. Negative 10. So yeah. you owe me if I, if I okay. screw up, you owe me. Deal. That's how, that's how this uh, podcast works. I don't, I don't know about all those other podcasts you've been on, but. Yeah. All those other lame podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, you didn't get this chubby by doing pushups. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I had, uh, I had one guest on Dean. He said he's as tall as he is round <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm starting to meld into this seat. Like I need to get back out in the shop. <laughs> We've been sitting here for a while. We have. We've had our share of technical difficulties. Yes, quite a few. <laughs> Awkward ones too. Yeah. Not like we're we're staring at each other. Well, I think we had we had how many mediums have we tried? We recorded like four different times. Yeah. We switched from Riverside to Zoom a couple and times. Then Zoom didn't work. I had to restart. Audio yep. was jacked up. Yeah. But, but we rolled we with it. That's right. Yeah. And the sign behind me says on air. So <laughs> we just it's hope that official. we are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. For those Hold of you on, that. Make sure, let's make sure I actually hit record. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to read that intro again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the push up count starts going up. Yeah. Oh. Uh, before we get to the episode today, I want to thank our sponsor, Surf Prep Sanding. Whether you're looking for the highest quality of sanders, dust extractors, or abrasives, Surf Prep has what you need to take your project to the next level. I've been using Surf Prep for a couple of years now and know firsthand the quality of their products. 
The amazing family who stands behind their brand is by far the best in the industry. Use code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. So thanks for being on. And uh, let's, I mean, if you were to to give somebody the the 30-second Jason Bent overview, what would that be? Um, I mean, you kind of hit it in the, in the intro, honestly, I, I've been in the army for the last 20 years. I retire next year, um, started doing YouTube videos in 2017 and I started woodworking in 2016, hmm. maybe 2015 ish. Um, and it just turned out, it started as a hobby and then it turned into a business fairly quickly. And then um, I watched a lot of YouTube when I got started. So I was like, I like to teach. Why not, you know, make some YouTube videos. And, um, it led to what I'm doing now, which is no custom work and just doing, uh, you know, a social media basically based business, um, which is what I will do full time. Um, pretty much starting in February actually is, is when, um, I'm officially done with the army. I'll be on terminal leave, but I won't have any, um, any more, you know, duties at that point, you know, I'm basically done. Um, so starting in February, it's, it's full bore on Ben's woodworking. So awesome. So I also said in the intro that you have a tall stature. You look like a tall guy. And I, I, I know I attended your class, but I don't ever think I stood next to you at WorkbenchCon. How tall are you? Uh, six, two and a half. So okay. So I, you gotta I was throw gonna, the half in there. Well, definitely. Yeah. We it's like it's like unless saying you're talking I, about age. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, running a marathon and you tell somebody it's oh, it's twenty six miles. We're like, it's twenty six point two. Okay. It's like, yeah. oh geez. Yeah. Hey, when you run twenty six, I, I would count the point two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it was another point two, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think the longest I've ever run was a five K. What? Actually, it was probably a 7K. I ran back uh, about, you know, a fifth of the way back and then walked with the the people I left behind. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm very competitive. <laughs> so yeah. at some point we were running the 5K. And uh, I mean, this, you may not know this, but I actually once did P90X and had muscles. So they're in there somewhere. Right. And I'll find them someday. But yeah, yeah, I was very, very competitive. And I was like, you guys are too slow. I'm out of here. So I booked it and uh, made it to the end. And I was like, okay, now I feel like a jerk. So I went back and got him. Yeah. And then I felt like more of a jerk because I went back and got him. <laughs> but then, you know, right when you get to the finish line, that's when you're like, all right, I'm leaving you just so you can beat him. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got to do I that. Beat, I beat you twice. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted uh, you to see me beat you. Right. Uh, so you got the fest tool hat on tonight. I do. Normally you've got the, you've got your Bents, uh, Bents woodworking woodworking hat. I don't know where it is. I actually, I had to order a bunch more, but I, for some reason I cannot figure out where I put my hat. (laughs) Are you like me? Do you have like 10 Bents woodworking hats? Uh, I have quite a few, but they're all just like kind of beat up. So it's funny. (laughs) I, I would have, I have like one or one that I would like wear outside if it was hot and then i have yep. another one that i'm wearing like in the shop and then i have another like one that's really that i just wear out 
Yeah. You know, because it's like nice and clean, but then, you know, I get lazy and I go in the shop and I don't change it. So they all just yeah. end up getting nasty. And I, I usually have a bunch of them um, yeah. because I'll order like two or three dozen at a time and, you know, give them out to people or sell them or, yeah, or whatever. But I actually just wrote the company the other day. I'm like, Hey, I need some more hats because I'm running low and I don't know where I put my other one. So it, <laughs> it's, it's the festival hat for now. Yeah. And yeah, my wife, she's like, I think you have a hat problem <laughs> because I have so many hats. So, you know, I've got them in different colors too. So, cause you have to, you know, match, try to match it. Right. Yeah. Not, not me. That's why I go black, black and white. Yeah. yeah black is black it, usually goes with just about anything. Is that the kind of person are you, uh, you are is a black and white person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. You don't toe the the middle middle ground. I imagine with your army background. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cut and dry. You know what I mean? It's not. I just I don't have the time or patience to beat around the bush about certain things. Yeah. Um. So it just unless I'm with my wife, of course, you know, I gotta well, yeah. beat around beat around the bush <laughs> with her all the time. But no, everything else, yeah, it's things are a lot faster when you're just up front and open and honest right off the bat. So. Yeah. Get your point across. Um, which is funny that I say that because, you know, if in my in my videos when I do instructional videos, I have a tendency to talk a lot. But um a lot of that, my whole instructional style all came from the from the military. Okay. Um, it is a hundred percent um a direct result of my time as a drill sergeant. Um there's there's multiple different styles that they teach you. Uh, or that you're, I say they teach you very loosely, but um, different styles that you're supposed to do instruction, right? And right. some things are one way and some things are another way and some things are another way. And basically the way that I like to explain things is I always try to explain it in a way that it doesn't matter what skill level you are or who you are or what, where you come from, that you'll be un, be able to understand. And a result of that is that I do have a tendency to talk more, but it's because I think the why is important. Yeah. Um, and I'll get people that are, oh, you could have done that video in three minutes. It's like, yeah, you're right. It could have for you. Right. right. You know what I mean? But not the vast majority of my audience. I couldn't have. Right. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I want to say. You don't like how much I talk. Go find somebody else. <laughs> Do you go back and look at your analytics and say, okay, yeah, maybe I went too long on this portion because the so, retention drops out? I've never been a big analytics guy until recently. Okay. And I think a reason for that is because I, like this was never about money. It was never a, it was never really like a serious business for me simply because the army pays my bills and it will remain yeah. to be that way. Um, yeah. Even when I get out of the army, um, I'm fortunate in that, but I never cared about it so much. It was just like, oh, you know, what am I doing right now that I could make a video on? Okay, cool. I'm going to make a video on that, which is why my channel is um, quite a bit smaller than a lot of these new up and coming guys, because, you know, they're, they're following the trends and they're following the analytics and, and they're doing it right. And they're successful. And that's fantastic. Right. Me, I was always kind of just doing what was easiest for me and what my audience asked for. Uh, and because of that, I've taken a hit, you know, my channel should be way bigger than it is. Um, but it's not. Do I think that's going to change next year? Oh, yeah. 
And, and I yeah. think a big part of that is because I am paying attention to the analytics now. Um, I'll give you an example. So there's a lot of, you know, drama on social media. What? Um, there's no yeah, drama there's on social media. Yeah, none, none whatsoever, but about yeah. this topic only. <laughs> but, you know, it's the holiday season, right? So what is every YouTube channel that's in woodworking start doing? Right. Tool videos. Well, why why do we do tool videos, everybody? Well, because this is the time of year everybody's spending money and they're guess what? They're looking for tools to spend money on. Yeah. Um, so you can't deny the fact that, you know, affiliate sales are going to be better and and people are going to be searching for that type of video, which is why you see everybody do it, right? Um, it's how they make money and and it's not it's not coercive. It's, it's, it's not anything like that. It's just, there's certain times a year to do certain things. Right. So I, I did a video. I don't, I want to say it was about three weeks ago now, tool video. Yeah. And in that tool video, uh, it did fen- phenomenal. Uh, it's a good thing that I did that video because my channel was doing so poorly for so long <laughs> that I was actually starting to get discouraged. Like maybe I'll just get a job when I retire and keep doing this in my spare time. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like that. It was that video that kind of, you know, got me motivated about it again because I hadn't had that happen in a while. Nice. And yes, you know, it was fantastic with affiliate sales and views and ad revenue and all these great things. So it got me uh, fired up. Well, I was looking at the analytics on that. Um, and what, what I noticed about it is that the the retention wasn't great, but you would see a spike as the retention was dropping, you kept seeing these spikes and all the spikes were when I switched to a new tool. Mm. So when I looked at that, I was like, okay, well, that tells me that they are, they're getting bored when I'm talking about the tool and I'm just showing on camera, like I'm talking about something for like three minutes. So they're skipping to the next tool to see what it is. Right. Gotcha. So I said, okay, I did that video was eight tools. It did well. Thumbnail was good, all this stuff. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do just out of curiosity. I'm going to release another video that's almost identical. The style of video, not almost identical. I mean, it was identical. Same exact premise. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I could make 20 of those videos with the, the different tools that I have in my shop. And, But what I did differently this time was I did, I did 12 tools. I spent, you know, maybe a minute at most on each thing. Yeah. Um, and I started the video very quickly and I ended the video very abruptly. And, um, I also threw in a bunch of B roll mm. because I was like, okay, well, what can I do to keep this more intriguing? I'm going to make it, uh, you know, more concise, shorter yeah. video, show B roll, never have it on one screen for more than 30 seconds. Right. I did all these things like thinking in my head, cause I was paying attention to analytics. Funny thing is that video has worse average view duration. Really? Then the last one, I mean, it still got a lot of views, you know, yeah. the thumbnail, I, I almost did an almost identical title, almost identical thumbnail and the video, you know, got 200,000 views again. And, um, but the audience retention is worse. Hmm. The average view duration was obviously worse because it was a shorter video. So if the right. percentage is lower then obviously the, the watch time is lower. Um, I just what found about, that fascinating. What about click through rate? Are they the same? Um, yeah, the, the video two weeks ago, the click through rate initially was like the highest I think I've ever seen on my channel is like 17% or something just 
crazy. Um, and it dropped down. It's probably, you know, by 7%, 8% by now. The new one kind of did the same thing. It started off, I think it was around 13 or 14. And now it's around seven, which is still really good. Um, yeah. So the video did well. And yeah. YouTube served it up to a bunch of people. And what's funny about it is like, like that, vi those two videos, I got the biggest boost of my own audience watching them. Mm. So then I think I'm like, well, you know, why am I not doing more of these videos? Why am I not capitalizing on this? Well, I know why I'm right. not because there's those one or two people that get on there and make some stupid comment and say, <laughs> oh, you ever do his tool videos anymore? Oh, oh, great. Another tool video. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. You don't like it. Don't watch it. You know what I mean? Leaves. So what do you do about the, uh, the trolls? What's your strat your troll strategy? Feed them or starve them? No, 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 no. I, I never respond. Um, so on our podcast, we actually have a segment called uh, Get Bent. And listen to that. The, the whole purpose of that, of that segment yeah. is to read those comments. So it actually is kind of fun. Um, Do you have some of those like right offhand? Not to steal your stick from your podcast. And by the way, to plug your, your podcast, uh, go ahead and do that, by the way, because it, it's a great podcast. So we have a, a podcast called the Green Suitors Podcast, uh, and it is myself, my friend Ben Marshall, and uh, my other good buddy Brian Sedgley, who is known as uh, Festool Sedge or uh, Sedge Tool, is his own channel. Um, we just talk about woodworking stuff, and we we kind of have a like a five episode routine. Like Sedge will pick a topic, I'll pick one, Ben will pick one, then we'll do. We'll typically take a topic from one of our patrons mm -hmm. and talk about that. And then we'll just do a community episode for the fifth, but hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull up a. Yeah. I, Cause I listened to the last, the last episode and I, I think the listeners would get a kick out of. Sometimes it's, <laughs> I haven't answered. Usually it's easy. Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. This is matter of fact, this is on my last, uh, tool video 12 tools i'll never regret buying this person says oh and i i read it i mean you've listened to the podcast so i read yeah. it in like a in uh the Derek zoolander voice kind of <laughs> so i'll do that for this as well so this yeah. person says not for the average avid home woodworker unless you have a six-figure salary <laughs> and so the, that's and the tools that you had on that we're not six figure salary. No. So <laughs> about that, the, the video, the video before I had, there was, there was like, Oh, what was it? There was only like one or two things that were even over a hundred dollars. Everything else was like 40 bucks or less. Right. I had like fast cap tape measures in there that cost like $12 yeah. a piece. I had a, like a, a horse hair, you know, brush, just because right. I, I find it incredibly useful to like, you know, sweep dust off your work surface. It was like $8. And this guy <laughs> made this comedy. It was like, all of these are overpriced, um, not affordable. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, what do I need to do? I could make a video and it could say, you know, eight, 12 eight tools things under $10 at Harbor Freight that you should buy. Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, it must be nice to be able to afford all those tools." It's like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so, so yeah. ex expanding on that with with what you asked about the trolls. So, I do not, 
I don't comment every once in a while, you know, if, if they, they catch me at the wrong time or they, and I read something and it, it bothers me, th- there will be comments every once in a while that like, they really get to me and I, it takes everything in me not to respond. And as much as I would like to say, and you'll hear a lot of people say this, you know, like, oh, the comments don't bother me. I don't care about any of that stuff. Well, it's not true, right? True. Most yeah. people that say that are lying. Yeah. Um, and I feel like state, and I, I'm guilty of this, stating that out loud is like your justification um, that you're like taking the higher road. But when people reply to those comments and, and post them for everybody to see or whatever, they're doing that because they were triggered and it did bother them. And that was their way of getting back at that individual. So mm. I say it doesn't bother me, but I will tell you, the only thing that has stopped my channel and my growth is me. The only thing that has stopped me from taking sponsorship deals is me because I am always so terrified of what somebody, a very, very, very small number of people are going to say about me, my content. And like, that's the only thing holding me back is me because of that. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's exhausting. Right. Because no matter what I do, no matter what I say in a video, it will never make everybody happy ever. Right. Um, and nine times out of 10, they'll make a comment before they even finish watching the video. So their your questions are usually going to be answered. Yeah. And when they do leave a negative comment, they leave it. And they'll, ne- even if you wrote back, they will never respond. I mean, that's where it ends. You know, they're yeah. keyboard warriors. So I just try to keep that in the back of my mind, but sometimes it does get a little frustrating because like for me, my day starts off, you know, I get up at five, I come downstairs, I have coffee, uh, you know, before I go and run and I'll usually sit there on my phone and and try to get caught up on answering comments on YouTube. You know, that's kind of how I do it now. And every once in a while in the morning, I'll read one. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Does it set your day off? Sometimes I had a comment the other day that it said something like I've been following you for, it was definitely an older guy. Um, also another interesting thing on the analytics, these two videos, the highest, um, age range for people watching was 65 and older. Hmm. And they have 200,000 views plus a piece. And the highest bracket was 65 and over that does not exist on any, any of my other videos. I thought that was fascinating, but it was this older guy. And he was like, you know, I've, been following you for a long time and you know criticizing me because I don't do build videos. I've never done a lot of build videos. I don't like doing build videos. It's a right. horrible pain in the butt. Um <laughs> and the reward just isn't there. It's the right. most amount of work for the least amount of reward for me and my channel. Yeah. Well the niche but it is made so a, small. Right. He made a comment, you know, something to the effect of you know, having all these nice tools, but not actually doing any woodworking. And that stung me pretty bad because I thought about it for a minute and I'm like, you know what? Like I really, I mean, I haven't built anything in a long time and there's, there's good reason for that uh, because I moved earlier this year, Mm -hmm. uh, which was incredibly stressful. Yeah. And then we had another child. It took me a while to get the shop set up. We're focusing on things for the house. I just don't have the free time anymore. Um, until February when, you know, I'm, I like literally nine to five every day I can focus on my business, but it bothered me like that really bothered me because it was, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? 
I need to get back out in the shop and build something complex. Like he made a comment to the, to the effect too of like the things that I was building were, you know, simple things and all that stuff. And, and it was right when I finished this dining room table that I just built, which is incredible. The easiest table in the world. It's a panel with some metal legs attached to it. Yeah. That's what my wife wanted. And while it felt good doing that because it was the first project that I made in this new shop at the same time, I, I found myself going like, you know, this guy basically called me a fraud and like, am I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though I know all the things that I've built, I know what I'm capable of, but because I'm documenting it for the world to see, yeah, it gives a different impression. And I don't want to become the guy that's just like, Oh, he just has a bunch of expensive tools that he never uses. And he just makes tool videos. But in reality, if I wanted to get real rich real quick, that's exactly what I should be doing. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. If you want to talk yeah. about it <laughs> from a monetary perspective, you know, people complain that guys, you know, they change their channel to, to tool only channels. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a very good reason why they do that. It is very, very lucrative because it's a highly searched topic. Just like right. you'll see a lot of woodworkers that transition to, to DIY content. Why do you think they do that? Because they do a DIY video, they get a ton of views and they're like, wait a minute, this is a bigger audience. Yeah. You know, there's more, the there's, right. There's more, there's more, way more people searching how to install flooring or install cabinets or, um, build a built-in than there is somebody looking on, you know, six tips for, you know, router joinery or something like that, like very specific right. niche down things. So, um, yeah, I had Adam and Rachel on last time and they we were talking about return on investment for like Instagram versus YouTube and things like that. And YouTube is by far for for a, an investor or a sponsor is by far the best bang for your buck. Oh, for uh, sure. Because people are are researching how how to build a you know, or what tools do I need to build a table? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's YouTube's evergreen, Instagram, TikTok, all that other stuff. I mean, you, you post it, it's dead, right? Yeah. You're yeah. going to get a good push initially, but after that it's dead. YouTube's evergreen, you know, a company can, um, sponsor a video and they can reap the rewards of that for 10 years. I mean, realistically, yeah. um, you know, I still make affiliate commissions for videos that I've made years ago. Um, so it's something that never stops unless I take it down. Right. Um, but that brings up another interesting topic and that's how, you know, if you're talking about sponsors, I, I have not done a lot of sponsorships on my channel. I think I have 170 videos, 180 videos, something like that. And I mm -hmm. would say maybe 10 to 12 of those are actually sponsored videos. Um, I've always been very selective about that and I leave a ton of money on the table because of it. Yeah. Um, but it was, again, it was, that's, I'm stopping myself. It's a personal thing, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to be seen as that guy. But now it's like, everybody does sponsor videos. Who cares? Right. Just like ad revenue. Like no one cares that ads are on videos anymore because it's so normal. People are numb to it. Um, That was another thing that I was, I had 30 plus thousand subscribers on YouTube before I monetized. Wow. And I was like, uh, stupid because, because of my hours or because you didn't push No, I just didn't monetize. Yeah. My mindset at the time was, well, you know, people probably come to my channel and it'd be nice that they don't have to watch those ads. And Jay Bates was the one that actually, um, you know, essentially called me an idiot 
and may, you know, made me realize it's good how to have friends I, like that. <laughs> yeah. Made me realize how stupid I was being. It was the first time I ever met him. He came, uh, he was in Atlanta doing a, like a rockler, you know, meet and greet, whatever they flew him out. And he contacted me. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be in Atlanta. I'd love to come by your shop. So I was, he's like, you know, would you mind? I'm like, uh, hello, of course. Yeah. You know, I, I, Jay Bates is one of the people I, you know, started woodworking, you know, watching his videos. And when we got done doing the shop tour, he looked at me. Very first thing he said to me, he was like, um, just have out of curiosity, why have you not monetized your channel? And I told him that. I was like, oh, you know, people probably, that uh, gives me a leg up. And he was like, when's the last time you watched a YouTube video that didn't have ads? I was like, I don't know. Couldn't even tell you. He's like, exactly. You need to monetize tonight. And I did. Right. Yeah, I watched that video it was in, in the intro. It was a great video because he was doing a shop tour of, of your place. And he said, okay, Jason, tell me who paid for all these tools. Yeah. And, it, you know, and you said, I did. And, you know, I paid paid for it, you know, poured back into the business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And behind you is an entire wall of Festool tools, which are not the cheapest tools. Right. And um, yeah, so that was your commission work and your your military service, you know, kind of paying for that. Uh, it was very little of, of my actual, uh, military money. Um, just because, you know, that was, you know, that was, I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, I did spend money on tools, but yeah. for the most part, I would build furniture specifically for the reason. Like when I, when I decided I wanted to start building furniture for clients, that yeah. was the, the thought that I had in my mind. I was like, Oh, I can just build something and sell it. And then I'll just buy more tools. And I just kept doing that over and over and over again. Um, and then when I finally decided to actually like register my business, it was kind of like perfect timing. Um, uh, I use USA as one of the banks that I use for, for military reasons, obviously, but yeah, they were offering some like special loan for businesses, like personal loan. Um, it was like 10,000 bucks. And I was like, you know what, honey, I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what, what do you think about me taking this loan out? And I can like invest in the shop, like a big chunk. I can get everything, all the big things that I need to get right now. Yeah. She's like, yeah, go for it. And so that was like the only money that I really borrowed for it. And then, you know, obviously that loan was paid back in almost no time because then all the money, instead of going out and buying a bunch of tools, I just paid the loan off. Um, and I got to a point where I wasn't really buying as many tools. And then that's when like everything by that time, you know, my channel had grown and, you know, I do have the ability to, you know, now to, if there's something I need, I could probably get it for free, but in all honesty, and a lot of people I think go through this, I would almost rather buy the tool in almost every single scenario than get it for free hmm. because everybody is so sensitive now to, you know, I get these comments all the time, uh, you know, it wasn't clear in the video if you were given this tool or if this is a sponsored video. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's a sponsored video, it's very clear because it says it's sponsored. Right. Yeah. I say it's sponsored. And I also say that I got the tool, right? Yeah. Um, you got to check the box on YouTube. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. people are just so clueless about it. But as you know, the, the other problem with YouTube is that you have your core audience that knows you from the get go. And then you have, the people who ended up finding you after you uploaded 140 videos and now all they see behind me is festival and they have no idea that I didn't start with that. They have no idea that I, I paid, you know, for 
the majority of things that are on, that are on that wall, mm-hmm. um, they have no context. Right. And so when they make comments, it's like, I don't really care. Like, who are you? You don't know me. And you know, you're probably not going to stick around, but the, the ones that do burn a little bit, um, are the ones that were with me from the beginning. And then they start looking at me like, you know, Oh, sell out and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. Um, when you're making content on these tools, you know, you really can say whatever you want about the tool because, and you know, some people are going to be like, well, you should be saying whatever you want if, you know, if it's a paid deal, well, you can't. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Unless you make it very clear to the company, like I'm going to be very honest. Well, guess what? You can be as honest as you want, but if they have guidelines that they want to review the video and then you, you're sitting there bashing them and they paid you, you know, $10,000 to, to promote this, do you think they're going to allow you to, publish a video? No. Are you going to get paid? No. And then that's where the video kind of just dies, but there's a lot more rules than people think. So you do have to be careful on how you word things, which is why I am so selective about a woodworking brand being a sponsor for a specific video. Now, if it's Squarespace or somebody like that, I could care less. They don't care about my woodworking content. Um, if you ask me personally, I would much rather have a non woodworking sponsor than anybody woodworking because that can't change the, the, you know, content of the video. Yeah. So are you going to do like a beard oil sponsors here soon? No, no, (laughs) no. What what is it? World of tanks. You know, that's a, that's a popular one. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No. And so have you noticed since you um, started working with Festool, now you're on an internship there, so like a Correct. limited time, uh, limited time learning type of situation, mm-hmm. I guess. So since you're uh, with Festool, have you noticed people are calling you like sellout or things like that? Or have you not or at has all? It been more positive. It's I would it's hope definitely more been. Positive. Yeah, it's it's been way more positive. Like, okay, so for me, people don't, most people, and th- this goes back to that core, it's no one's surprised that I'm interning at Festool. Um, right. They're surprised that I got the opportunity, but most people actually think that I'm going there to, um, you know, train under Sedge and replace him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is not true at all. I'm, I'm not even going to work there. Um, yeah. This this whole internship thing has been in the works for like three and a half years. It's the entire reason why I am in Indiana in the first place for my last duty station. Mm. Um, because we started talking about it years and years and years ago. And yeah. just now that the time has come. Um, so no, I've, I've not received any, um, any negativity uh, about that whatsoever. That's good. Yeah. I was wondering, because when you're, talking about the different you know people are saying that you sell out to a brand or whatever you know i mean of course mark went through that when he had the powermatic you know fallout and stuff like that and and then finally he was like look i'm i'm not beholden to them anymore Mm -hmm. i can kind of do my own thing and it was freeing for him so i can i can see why that would be a a good strategy for you yeah absolutely and I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Like, I do want to have some sort of sponsored relationship with Festool moving forward. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, festival is too big a part of my own personal brand. And, and so that's another thing that I think probably limits my growth and will always limit my growth is my shop. Um, it is the fact that I have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of tools. Um, and th this isn't to sound big headed, but I have the tools that everybody wants. Right. Right. Um, any, any of the new cool tools that come out, like I have it. Why? Because I'm obsessive about things like that. And I like having nice things and, um, it has nothing to do with, you know, companies just dishing free tools at me. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to buy the, what I believe to be the best tool. And I'm going to use those because it is my hobby and it is my shop and it is my time to be out there and I want to enjoy it. Um, and so for me, that's probably going to turn a lot of people off because they see that. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, it doesn't matter what you say in a video, mm -hmm. people aren't going to get it. In most of my instructional videos, I almost, I very rarely ever talk about the specific tool to do something like the mm -hmm. brand. I right. say the track saw, but people just see a festival track saw. Yeah. Oh, I could do that too. If I had all those tools, you know, that, that common <laughs> saying, Yeah. it's like, no, you couldn't. Right. Yeah. You, you couldn't because yeah. first of all, it doesn't matter really what tools you're doing. And that's what I'm trying to explain is that you just need to make this cut. You know, it's yeah. not, I'm showing you the method in which to do it and explaining the why behind it. Mm -hmm. But people that are so stubborn and hard headed, they don't, they're not listening for the why. And don't get me wrong. You know, I get two yeah. negative comments to a hundred positive. Um, but that's what's so frustrating because they'll never see past the tools ever, right? you know, and, and that's sad because I feel like my videos could help so many beginners um, that are looking for that information. But when they see me using a domino or they see me using the track saw or they see me using, you know, a super expensive sander or the saw stop or all of these things, it's just like, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to do this because I won't be able to do that because I don't have that. It's like, yes, you can. It's so irritating. Right. Just listen to my words and stop focusing on the tool. Yeah. Um, but for me, it, it makes sense to be aligned with, you know, try to be aligned with uh, Festool in some capacity moving forward because there's no going up for me. Yeah. Right. There is no, I started with the same tools everybody else does. And then I very early on, I invested in Festool and I realized mm -hmm. how great it is. And I spent all my money and I, I could care less about what the price of something is now. And that's not an arrogant or that's not me being arrogant. It's that I know what I'm getting. Right. I know what it does. I know how it performs and I know the company. So it, to me, it's, you know, it's not even important. Sure. I may not be able to buy everything I want right now, but if, if I need a router, like I'm 100%, it's going to be a festival router. There's no question about it. Right. Um, if they, if festival makes that tool and I need it, I'm going to buy it from festival. Um, so I can't, Imagine if, if, if tomorrow I started, you know, I got rid of all my festival and in the backdrop, all you saw was Milwaukee or DeWalt or Rayobi or rigid <laughs> or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Imagine the backlash and how I would lose all credibility with my audience immediately as mm -hmm. where somebody is using Milwaukee rigid, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden decides to upgrade to festival. That's a mm -hmm. completely different story. That's right. logical, Right. Yeah. Um, going There's up definitely is... a hierarchy, and and I do see Festool as as the pinnacle. Right. Um, I've got 
a lot of Makita stuff. And in fact, those are all the videos where I get all the haters because I've got this this wall of Makita stuff. And they all the negative comments are, oh, there's no dust on those. Oh, you know, oh, you yeah. should you should you should try to be a um a real woodworker. And you know, for me, I'm like, oh yeah, actually the French cleats built themselves. You should have seen it. It was amazing. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the, they don't they don't go back to a previous post. They just they come and I I kind of I think I'm opposite uh from you in this regard. I pin those comments to the top because it's yeah. good for engagement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah. It absolutely is. Especially if you're on your, the real All your bonus. true supporters. All yeah. your real uh, true supporters will come in and start yeah. leasing them up. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple that are, you know, they're in my tribe, you know, and they'll, they'll see those comments or sometimes I'll message them and I'm like, dude, did you see this? And, oh, they'll just come out swinging because then they can do that and not take the hit on the account. Yeah. And, and, uh, actually the last one I did was, was a couple weeks ago. It, um, those are always the, the videos that take off on my account is me showing the French cleat wall and you know, how pristine it is. And, uh, but one guy was like, oh yeah, there's, there's nothing on your, uh, no dust and you don't, you must not be a woodworker. And I was like, you should go back and look at some previous posts. Like, cause yeah. literally the post before that I was showing how messy my shop is. And he came back and he was like, good on you. You're right. So what that was one out of like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Or more. Well, that that's a, it goes back to that context. You know, they, they make those comments without knowing anything about the person. I yeah. I've, I've gotten that comment so many times, like, you know, my shop is a show shop or why is my shop so clean? I don't do anything or there's no dust on the tools behind you. And I used to, I used to comment when they would tell me that my tools don't have any dust. I would tell them I have my servants uh, come in and clean them every evening. Ooh, I'm going to have to use that. I like but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, haven't you seen when, the new Fest tool uh, shop cleaner tool? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the SZX, you know, 932 or whatever yeah. weird numbers they come <laughs> up with. <laughs> so when people tell me like, why is your shop, you know, your shop's always so clean. It's like, oh, I'm sorry that I have the intestinal fortitude at the end of the day to spend five minutes cleaning up my shop because I like being in a clean environment. Right. People are just so it's like, you're only a woodworker. If you, you know, use your grandfather's tools and your shop has, you know, 19 inches of, of sawdust on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Do you you make your bed too every morning? Uh, well, no, because typically I'm, uh, you have people usually up now. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) my servants, yeah, my servants do it. Um, my maid, yeah. Um, she does that while I come downstairs and tell my, my cook to make me breakfast. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm typically up before, before my wife. So oh. I'm usually done. Then my kids, you know, my, or my four-year-old just goes in there and jumps all over it anyway. Yeah. When we have company, we, we make the bed though. <laughs> right. Yeah. So are you're doing woodworking and stuff on the weekends primarily, I guess then. And, uh, but now you're doing this, uh, thing with Festool. Is that on the weekends or evenings or how are you, how's, how's your schedule work out for all, all the stuff? Um, so my schedule actually, I mean, really for like the last year, year and a half, um, once, once the army kind of 
basically said, you know, COVID's over, everybody go back to work. Um, I went back to working a normal, you know, schedule. Um, and so my time had been limited, you know, for again, about the last year and a half, um, because I would only get a little bit of time, uh, you know, in the evenings and a little bit of time on the weekends, but here's the kicker. I may have only put in 10 hours a week if I'm lucky, you know, for the last year and a half or so on Ben's woodworking. Um, and it's been incredibly successful from a monetary perspective with such a limited amount of time. And when the internship thing came up, it's basically the same thing. You know, I'm there from, you know, eight, eight, eight thirty in the morning until, you know, anywhere, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, sometimes it just depends on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come home. So the big thing for me is that when we only had my, my oldest son, Leo, the first year or so, I really neglected a lot of time. I mean, I was in the shop constantly. I'd run inside to eat dinner with them and then I'd be back out in the shop until like 11 yeah. or 12. And I would get frustrated when he would come in the shop. Like he was interrupting me while I was trying to do something. And I was, I was basically putting YouTube as the priority because I was stressed because I had so little time and I just wanted to get stuff done. And I'm kind of impatient when it comes to stuff like that. And so I realized, uh, matter of fact, because of my buddy, Ben, that's on the podcast, you know, that I was being stupid, right? He's like, mm. you need to stop doing that. You know, if your son comes in the shop, you should just stop what you're doing and, and enjoy that time. Mm. And that was like this huge eye opener for me. It was just like, like somebody like kicked me in the face and it was, it was like, why am I being so stupid? Right? Like I can't make 10 minutes. He's going to lose interest. He's going to go back inside and, you know, want to watch Paw Patrol or whatever. Right. And that was like this moment for me where I was like, okay, you know what? I I need to focus on him. Mm-hmm. And so I try not to do anything in the evenings uh, anymore. And I try to, I mean, I very rarely do anything uh, on the weekends, especially now with two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's whatever time I can get, you know, if, if, if I right. need to get something done, like I need to get a video done my wife is completely understanding. She knows, I mean, she sees what, what YouTube can do and she realizes that this is going to be the business that supports us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to sacrifice that time. Right. You know what I mean? And that was hard for me to adjust to for a while. Uh, and now, you know, I do get a little stressed, but the internship, I mean, that's, I got one week left in that internship mm-hmm. and January will be, uh, I'll be like doing, you know, the final things I need to do to clear from the army and all that stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, come February, I mean, it's, yeah, you got only got a couple I, more months. Yeah. I drop my kids off and I come home and you know, it's whatever it's going to be. And I, and there's going to be a ton of foot content cause we're going to do so much to the house. And right. So what, what is really intriguing to me is I saw what I could do over the last two years, dedicating 10 hours a week you know, if I'm lucky, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen when I'm able to dedicate 30 to 40 hours a week to this. Yeah. I'm curious to see if your take is going to be much like Mike Coffey's, you know, when he went full time and he was like, you know, he was doing 10 or 20 hours on the woodworking stuff. And then now he's doing like 50 or 60. And he's like, how oh, did yeah, I ever least. do this? Yeah. You know, not to paraphrase him or take, you know, speak for him or anything, but um, Bao Loy also with Sidecraft, uh, he went full time about a year and a half ago, 
And all these guys, when they went full time, they're like, how did I ever do this before? Because right. it, to them, it feels like they took on that same amount of work plus some when they went full time. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe I'll have you back on in like June or July after you've had a couple, well, couple months in your, under your belt. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, there, there's a, there's a couple things. One is I'm, I'm very worried about the structure side of things mm-hmm. um, because spending 20 years in the military, like everything is structured and, you know, knowing exactly where I needed to be, what I needed to do, what I was doing that I need that. Right. Like mm-hmm. me getting in my car and driving to festival is like, a godsend, right? Because I get in the car and I have to go there. I'm forced to do it. Um, and when I go there, if I'm not doing anything, it bothers me when I'm at home though, that's what concerns me. If I don't have, because you're, you're in your house, like there's right all of the distractions, you know, it's like, Oh, it's lunchtime. Let me run inside and grab some lunch. And while I'm eating, I'll watch Netflix and, Oh, that was a really good episode. Let me watch the next one. And you get oh. sucked into this. Oh, it's my business. I can worry about that later. I can answer that email in three hours. Um, mm-hmm it's everything is so close. So that does concern me, which is why I'm like very aggressively like coming up with a schedule and I need to make sure I stick to it, but it's very easy to stop this to do something else. Um, and that, that does worry me a little bit uh, about this. Um, but the other thing too, is that because I've had so such a limited time, there's so many other things that I want to do. There's a whole other service that I want to provide, um, that has to do with shop design and shop layout. Um, I have not had the time to, to do that. And when I actually have time to do that, I mean, that's a whole nother stream of revenue, right. you know, plans. I want to make more videos. I do want to build more things. I do want to do more home renovation stuff. I want to create instructional courses, but when you're really limited on time, you know, it gets to a point I, you know, I used to answer Instagram and YouTube comments and DMs like immediately, no matter what I was doing, I'd stop it Yeah. in the shop, everything. Because I thought that was important. Well, it got to a point where it's like, what's making me money? What's not, mm-hmm. you know, is answering comments, making me money is, um, is answering DMs immediately making me money is posting to Instagram mindlessly making me money. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be greedy. It's that when your time becomes limited and you are making money from certain things, why on earth would you sacrifice the time that you can do things to make money right. over doing things just because it kind of makes you feel good? You know what I mean? Yeah. So now it's like, I'll still do it, but I'm going to do it in a time that's, you know, good for me, right? Whether it's in right. the morning, you know, that's one of the, it's another one of the reasons why I get up so early every morning is because I know I'm going to have to drink coffee and I'm going to sit there for about an hour and I can get caught up on comments and mm-hmm. um, get caught up on DMs and emails and everything else. And then I can go work out and get my day started. Um, and, you know, I hate sitting there like this, you yeah. know, while my son is trying to talk to me or my wife is trying to talk to me or I'm eating dinner. Or, I mean, it used to be bad. And so now it's just like, you know you start to understand like your, your time is worth money and and you should be compensated. So whatever, whatever that compensation is or whatever things you're providing that compensation, you need to focus on those. Yeah. Um, There was a work study that, um, that they, that was published and, and I I saw it. I think, I don't think it was my company that, that put it out, uh, but I was reading it on company time, I think (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> but it was about distractions and how if you're distracted, it takes you seven or eight times the length of the distraction to get back into what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so Instagram being a distraction when you're in the shop, um, I find that myself, you know, I respond to a comment or something like that. Then I might go to that person's thing and then I end up in that rabbit trail. And, mm -hmm. you know, next thing you know, it's 30 minutes. And now I'm like, well, it is getting close to lunchtime. Maybe I, maybe I should, this is a clean break. I should take, you know, cut out and grab lunch. And then, mm -hmm. like you said, you get, then you might get a phone call or, well, let me go pay the bills or let me go do this. And, you know, what could have been an eight hour productive day in the shop for me on a Saturday turns into maybe three hours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with limited time, that's, <laughs> that's, tough. and it's so easy for that to happen. So yeah. easy. Yeah. Before you know it, you forget what you were even doing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I want to play a, a, a quick game. Okay. Um, so what I do just so people can get to know you um, a little bit more things that we would not necessarily get to talk about, but we just get a little, a little clip of who Jason is. Okay. Um, I did this with uh, the first time I did this particular game. I play other games. I do it like a yes or no segment where you have to say yes or no. Uh, the first time I did this was with uh, Izzy. I had Izzy Swan on mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago and um, I thought it went really well. So uh, I call it rapid fire. So basically I'm going to say something might be a, a one word thing or whatever. And you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. So we just got about, mm, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We've got about okay. seven or eight of them. We okay. might just do a few. Depends how long we end up talking. Um, okay. So first one. Best thing to buy from Harbor Freight. Magnets. Oh, that's. Not... Do you buy any like um, hardware from Harbor Freight? No, I. <laughs> Um, the only thing I've ever bought from Harbor Freight is those bar magnets that you can like toss tools on. Yeah. Um, those are good. I, I have, I've got I, one. That's the only thing I went there specifically because I was like, I need to find like five to 10 things that I would actually want to buy and have in my shop. And I, I could do a YouTube video about it. Yeah. <laughs> I walked out of yeah. those magnets. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just no, couldn't it, do it. And what's funny is I write all these before we even start talking and we ended up we were talking about Harbor Freight and the, the videos and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's always fun to see how the questions that I write before we get a chance to talk tie into mm -hmm. what we had previously talked about. So it's not like I was sitting here writing these up right. as we're, as we're going. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what's your pet peeve? You want me to keep it politically correct? Uh, you can say whatever you want to say. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. My my pet peeve, since we've been talking a lot about social media from a social media perspective, is um, people's association with a, a follower or subscriber count being some sort of status symbol. Oh, I cannot stand it. I hear people talking about crying because they're they were stuck at a certain, you know, subscriber count for a while or 
um, you know, knowing certain people that have certain size accounts or, you know, larger accounts only hanging out with other people and, mm-hmm. you know, giving the cold shoulder to people with smaller accounts. I cannot stand it. It is so yeah. ridiculous. And it's funny because the bigger that I get, the more I realize how little that actually matters. You know, it's funny you say that because um, I had a few reels pop off and I went from 10,000 and I'm at like, I don't know, 60, 66 or 67,000, I think. Mm-hmm. And when I, let's, when I got to like 40,000, I looked back and I went, I had a totally different viewpoint at 10,000 or even 1,000 of people who had 40,000. I thought, oh my God, they must walk on water. Mm-hmm. And then I got to 40 and I was like, I'm still the same person I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I still talk to the same people that I talked to yesterday. I talk mm-hmm. with people that I like talking with mm-hmm. and it shouldn't make me unapproachable. And why did I think that somebody with 40,000 uh, followers was unapproachable when I had a thousand? I think, I think what is, what bothers me about it the most is that people believe that their self-worth is associated with that number. Mm. And I see that a lot. And I hear that a lot. Like people think that they're, you know, less intriguing or less of a person because they don't have some following. And it's just, it's such a shame. And I, and I get this a lot when I go to events and people are, are there to, um, you know, come meet me, you know, and say, hello, uh, this mm-hmm. happened at Hartville tool when I was there uh, a couple of weeks ago in Ohio. And people are so like, gun shy and nervous to talk to me. It's like, man, I am just a dude that right. was dumb enough to prop his phone up on his miter saw station one day and talk to it <laughs> stupidly for 30 minutes. And yeah. look at me now, like this could be in anybody. portrait and mode. It's not, yeah. In portrait <laughs> mode. You're right. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. And it's just so frustrating that, that there's this stigma and this mentality, but you know, I, I, yeah. it's just, it bothers me so much because it's just like, man, who cares? You know what I mean? I, yeah. I had like, I think, um, this year it's, I can't remember when it was, but at some point this year, it was after we moved into this new house, I was at like 65,000. I'd been on Instagram for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good, whatever. And I had like three reels when I was doing sh- uh, some of the shop setup stuff that went, you know, millions and millions of views. And I went to from 60 to a hundred and something thousand mm-hmm. in like five weeks, six weeks. It was just wow. absurd. That's and crazy. I was like, I almost doubled my audience in five or six weeks. And I've been on this platform for, for months. And you know what, you know, what changed for me when I hit a hundred thousand? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. Nothing changed. It was exactly the same as it was five weeks before that. Could I maybe ask for more money from companies who think that the numbers are everything? Yeah, sure. Of course. You know, will some companies look at me differently now because I have a hundred thousand? Yeah, sure. Of course. Mm -hmm. But I have a relationship with the most sought after tool brand in all of woodworking. 
And that relationship started three and a half years ago. And I didn't have nearly as big of an audience as I do now. And it had right. nothing to do with my audience. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, my, yeah. you know, my, my biggest pet peeve is don't think that you're that freaking number means, you know, that you're any better of a person than someone else. I think that's encouraging to the listeners because I get messages from people that have listened to previous episodes and this has come up a couple different times about follower account, things like that. How do mm -hmm. I, how do I make my account bigger and this and that? Right. And the biggest thing is don't worry about it. You know, yes, yes, it's nice. It's an account, like for me, I'm a goal person, right? So I set mm -hmm. out a goal. I want to hit, you know, by the end of next year, I want to hit the hundred K mark. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a goal. And um, it gives and you something to, to, to strive for. To strive yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that doesn't define who you are because there are people who right. have 300. Uh, some of the, my patron uh, people who are patrons of this podcast um, are in the hundreds and they have do great stuff. And so there's no reason why somebody shouldn't follow them. Now there are people who have bigger accounts that don't follow people with under 10,000. Yes. You know, that, so there's that too. That's that other side of thing where people give the yeah. cold shoulder to, Smaller and that accounts puts a and bad, it, that's what spawns what you're talking about. What, yes. Why people have a bad taste or uh, feel that people with a certain number are unapproach unapproachable because they're, they're not being followed back or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does take a hit to the ego. If you're sitting there with a thousand followers and there's somebody and you see your content or your, your, uh, you know, skill level is better than somebody who has a hundred thousand. So I'm glad you brought that up. This, this, this is a, a conversation that I've had quite a few times, but, um, people in social media go through phases, mm -hmm. the whole social media thing. It's, it's all in phases. You know, you start out and you're like, Ooh, what's this thing? You know, for me back then it was, Oh, there's this app I could share pictures on. Oh, mm -hmm. that might be kind of cool. My wife made my Instagram account for me. Yeah. Um, she made me an Instagram account and my whole idea behind it was I'm just going to post pictures mm -hmm. and I can show it to clients. When I go to the house, I have a collection of all the photos. Cool. Yeah. Well, then I started to realize that it's a cool community. I'm like, Oh, I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So become a part of the community and everybody's so helpful. And it's, it's a, it's a pleasure to be around. And then I, then I started getting to the point where I was like, how did that person get free tools? I can do better woodworking than they can. Why do they have so many followers? Mm. And then it gets to a point where you're like, oh, wait, I now have a little bit of followers and a little bit of influence and people are asking me questions. Oh, and I can get free tools. And then free tools turns into, I don't need free tools. I want money. Mm. And then money turns into, um, you know, I understand what my time is worth and how you're the company and you're always going to win and become, you know, you're always going to get more than I ever will, but mm -hmm. that's going to cost you. And the tool is not even a conversation. Like, I don't even know why you're at, even, even offering me a free tool. So yeah. You know, and, you know, sponsored videos, same thing, you know, from, from me being the outsider years ago, I would look at it and go, why is that person promoting Squarespace in a woodworking video? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's a woodworking channel. And now I look at it and I'm like, I don't want yeah. a woodworking company as a sponsor. I'd much rather have something else because it has nothing to do with the video. Like, right. It, everybody just goes through these. Uh, you know, these phases, you know, why is that person never answering comments? And then you get to having this huge account and you realize how hard it is to respond to comments. And yeah, um, it's, 
I think everybody realizes that. So it's it's very easy for that group of individuals with those smaller accounts to to start feeling that way. But I, I promise you, if if they start growing those accounts and they get to the same position, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to yeah. see how things how things drastically shift. Yeah, different lenses for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this one I already kind of know the answer to because I, you know, I'm a consumer of your content. Uh, but for those that may not know. Uh, the next rapid fire question, metric or imperial metric, <laughs> definitely metric. I, I use both to be fair. I still, yeah. I still do use both, but, um, m- metric, if I'm building anything cabinet related, it is metric and only metric. And so how do you work that into, if you're buying, uh, sheet goods that are not metric, do you just know what the metric, I mean, technically they're all in metric. Yeah, they all just, sheet goods they, are metric. They call, just... it, they call them an imperial measurement, and then they're, they're people wonder this. Why is this not really three quarters of an inch? <laughs> right. I mean, that should be the only that should be the only thing that needs to sell people on metric versus imperial. They're like, oh, it's yeah. not three quarters of an inch. That's because it's eighteen millimeter plywood. <laughs> right. Right. But the closest thing to that is three quarters, but it's not three quarters. So. Um, yeah, it's so much easier to do the math behind metric. Oh yeah, way easier. Well, see, for yeah. cabinetry, it, you know, when you're thinking about, it, it's so much easier to determine the the width of the cabinet when you're like, okay, well, maybe it shifts on this one because it's 19 millimeters instead of 18. Mm-hmm. That's just a simple measurement right before, but you're not having to add, you know, seven Fractions. eighths and 15 right. 30 seconds, and uh, you know, and 13, and it just doesn't make any sense. So metric, and not to mention you know, all metric or all hardware for cabinetry is all based on metric and the entire world that uses metric and they're right. all cabinetry, you know, built on, I mean, all, I would say pretty much all cabinets, um, you know, worldwide are built on the, the true 32, you know, metric system. Yeah. Um, it just makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. All bloom hardware, the primary measurements are metric. Um, now, it, when I when I say I still use both, if I'm building a table where I don't need super, you know, fine precision, mm-hmm. like if I'm I'm going to build a 72 inch table, like mm-hmm. I, I don't need to say I'm going to build a, you know, 1937 millimeter, <laughs> you know, yeah. table. Yeah, when or, you're talking feet, it might be a little different, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or or talking centimeters or meters or everything else. It's just, you know. 72 by 48 like yeah i don't need do that i don't US, need that precision do you think the u.s will ever adapt no fully to i don't think so no we're so ingrained yeah i mean i guess we did that with time change though so you know we're we are kind of like there are some states now that aren't going to be doing the time like when we spring forward that will be their last time change you know what i nowadays i bet you if i just got on my social media platforms and say that Imperial offended me, we would probably switch to metric. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. We should it start a movement. <laughs> I don't, I don't identify as uh, with Imperial. That's right. You're going to have to, it's, you're going to select, I'm, I'm a he, him, and I prefer metric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a he, him metric. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hope I'm length. I'm length non-binary. 
I hope uh, I didn't just isolate an entire audience. Okay. Oh no. Moving on to the next question. No. It's all in fun. You know, and I think that the thing is, is that to be successful, you have to be a little bit divisive. I mean, look at Gary V, right? Probably one of the most divisive people and yet most successful. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, do anything without seeing his face now. and, And you can't be in politics or, you know, most successful politicians are divisive. But then they waffle, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Uh, the most money you've spent on one tool. Mm. Man. Joiner planer combo? Those are expensive. Yeah, I've got the Hammer A341. That was expensive. Um, believe it or not, the ductwork that I have in my shop, I use the NordFab stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big investment at w- worth every penny. That's like definitely one thing in my shop that I will never, ever, ever, ever regret buying. Right. Um, a lot of people don't do it because of the cost. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the CNC, but I didn't. I The, t- the CNC I, uh, machine I have is a $10,000 CNC. Mm-hmm. However, um, I did not pay $10,000 for it. It was actually Jay Bates CNC machine. Mm-hmm. And I took over the program that he was doing with Axiom. And, um, you know, it was used and a year old. Uh, yeah. So I, I ended up paying 5,000 for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, joiner, joiner planer combo. That's, uh, that's the most expensive tool I have in the shop. Single tool. Still, still worth it. Would have done it over again. Oh yeah. If I had the space for two separate machines, I mean, obviously I would, it'd be great to, to not have to, you know, change the machine over. If I was a production shop, I'd probably want two machines, but again, it's a space thing when it comes to space saving and quality, Mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. it, It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I still have the, uh, Porter cable benchtop joiner in my shop. So someday I'm going to, Someday I'm going to be a real boy. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be a real woodworker. I'm going to be a real wood. You, you know, but then I wouldn't be relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Um, okay. You did a video about this one and I own one of them. So you maybe you can guess which one I have, I've got. So I'm, I'll say the, the numbers, and then you'll just have to elaborate what it is for the people who don't know Fest tool tools. Mm-hmm. Do you have 500 or 700? Are you asking me which one I would pick? Yeah. 500 is what 99% of people need. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the DF500, I, I would assume you have the DF500. Yeah, I do. So, so for the, the listeners, the DF... we're talking about a domino. Yeah, the Festool Domino, which I mean, at this point, I, I can't imagine people not uh, seeing one. You know, years well, ago, they would have been like, wait, what? It costs how much? I think they just know um, them as the Domino, though, like for the public. Yeah. They wouldn't know, yeah. know the numbers, probably. Yeah, so they have the small DF500 and they have the DF700. And the the 500 or the 700 is really reserved more for, in my opinion... If you're somebody that's doing big slab work, uh, big miter, big mitered edges, uh, doors, large uh, hardwood doors, 
it makes sense, right, to to have a 500 because you you need that longer tenon. Um, it just gives you more, you know, glue surface area. But the Domino 500, I mean, just about like 99% of the things you're going to do, unless you're one of those very specific things, can all be done with a Domino 500. I have both of them. I have, I can probably count on, I can count on two hands how many times I've used a 700. Hmm. And the only reason I used it is because I wanted to use it for that project. Right. Um, I built my son's bed with a Domino 700. I, well, I built it with the 500 and the 700. Um, but I wanted to use the Domino 700 connectors. Why? Because, well, you know, it's a bed and I wanted to have a little bit more holding power and um, that application, you know, made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a connector set for both, but the Domino 500, man, I mean, it's, what, what drives me nuts is people are like, well, I'm going to get the 700 and then I'll get the the Seneca adapters for it. And then I have the best of both worlds. Well, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. But using the Domino 700 is very, very different experience than using the 500. It's a beast. Um, it's a beast. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> the, the 500 is just such an amazing tool. They're both amazing tools at what they do, but the 599% of, of woodworkers would be just fine for just about everything they ever build. Yeah. When I got the uh, the 500 I don't think I u- have used my biscuit joiner ever since <laughs> because yeah. I mean, it just, it basically replaced that. So I probably just need to get rid of my Ryobi, uh, my Ryobi, uh, biscuit joiner. <laughs> I, I had a DeWalt and the only thing I ended up using it for after, um, was if I was using like Z clips on a table, mm-hmm. um, I'd use it to cut the slots if, Usually if I forgot to cut the slot prior to assembly, mm-hmm. uh, but now I use the domino if that ever happens. Um, right. I was going to say, I mean, that the domino can do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I, I, I take that back. I would still use the, the, um, the biscuit joiner for like panel glue ups. Um, mm-hmm. Because the, the domino is not, a lot of people, I think when they first get a domino, they overuse it, which is fine, right? Mm-hmm. But they overuse it because there's a lot of applications you really don't need to use it. Like the dining room table I just built, um, I glued it up in two sections so I could run it through drum sanders and then I would only have one seam to worry about at the end. On that seam, I did use the domino. Why? Because I did want to ensure perfect alignment, which it did. and um, But I didn't use it on everything else because it's like... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to run it through a drum center. I'm going to get that stuff out. So, but when I first started, oh, I would have put like 500 dominoes in that thing. I would have just been like every three inches. I would have been like, bzz, 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 and I would use right. the biggest one I possibly could. And thinking I needed strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to be doing break dancing on my dining room table. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, all right. We'll do one more undermount or side mount drawer slides. Undermount. Hundred percent, hundred percent, fully agree. Undermount yeah. is the way to go. People are so intimidated by it, and if you're if you're intimidated by watching, here's a plug for myself. If you're intimidated by uh by installing Bloom undermount drawer slides, watch my video, and you won't be intimidated anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that gets everybody is um 
cutting out the notch or something like that in the in the back of the the drawer you know they've built a a nice drawer and then they got to cut a notch in it and what if it doesn't line up perfectly it's the back of the drawer not yeah. to however freaking wide you want it yeah <laughs> you know do the punch yeah. out you can and... use a domino to to notch that thing out too actually <laughs> that's true there's an, another use for it yeah that's a yeah. great great plug so that that's rapid fire it gets everybody a chance to kind of go through and you know hear hear a little bit more about you and uh you did well at it so good job well thank people, you people get intimidated when i say hey i'm gonna hit you with a question and and you gotta be quick on the draw <laughs> no i yeah i love it yeah uh so working with sedge is sedge always on is sedge always sedge oh man <laughs> yes Yes. Sedge is, Sedge is always Sedge. That is exactly how he is all the time. It was funny. Yeah. I started the, I started the podcast, uh, or I know, I'm sorry. I started at a festival on November 2nd and he was in Ireland. And so November 2nd was a Wednesday. So I was there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He didn't come back from Ireland until that Saturday. So I was giving him a hard time. I'm like, man, Sedge, I'm going to be starting a festival and you're not even going to be there. Like this sucks. (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do? It was like scary quiet in the building. It was kind of awkward for the first three days. I'm telling you Monday morning, there was no (laughs) mistaking that Sedge is in the building. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a completely different environment, a completely different experience. Um, Yeah. He basically runs the place. (laughs) With his shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's, I mean, he knows everybody. He's, he, he is full of energy pretty much all of the time. Yeah. Um, so say, I'll share the story real quick of, of how I actually came to, to know Sedge and why, yeah. why we are as close as we are. Um, so I got invited to a festival in Rubio. Of, oh, actually I take that back. Let me, let me back it up even more. So early on when I was in Georgia, I was an ROTC instructor at the University of North Georgia uh, before Indiana. And um, that's when I kind of started getting into Instagram and all that stuff. And there was this guy that I knew out of Alabama. His name is Ryan Curtis. And he would write me messages. I mean, this guy was following me like from the beginning. Hmm. And he'd write me messages every once in a while, like after I bought like a sander and I bought like a dust extractor and a couple festival things and kind of got hooked and went down the, went down the rabbit hole. And one day he writes me this message and it says, Hey, where do you normally buy your festival stuff from? And I'm like, Oh, wood, uh, woodcraft Highland woodworking or uh, at the time I'd use, use festival recon as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Hey, the rep for the state of Georgia wants to come by your shop. Hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I was like, Ryan, do you work for Festool? I had no idea. He's like, yeah, I'm the I'm the, the sales rep for Alabama. Oh, and I wow. was like, oh, cool. <clears throat> so the guy came, met him. Um, then I went to like one of the Festool Roadshow things and I met uh, a bunch of people that uh, worked for festival at the time, a bunch of the sales reps. There was like one or two people from Germany that were on the roadshow, that big truck that they had driving around. So Ryan was really good buddies with Sedge because he was a trainer or Sedge is a trainer and he was a sales rep, right? 
So he would talk to Sedge about me. And so then one day Sedge started following me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool. Cause I knew who Sedge was mm-hmm. at the time. And then I get this email and it was like, Hey, you want to come to the Rubio festival event? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the one that I went to is in 2019 is summertime. And uh, I was at Fort Knox during that time for cadet summer training. Every summer we had to go to Fort Knox and the cadet summer training You're there for like, you know, anywhere from one to three months. Mm. And so I flew out from there, went to the, went to the event. When I got there, Jess Crow from uh, Crow Creek Designs, she came up to me the minute I walked into the door and she's like, Jason, you have to come here. Sedge wants to meet you really bad. And mm. I'm like, what? I'm like, I want to meet Sedge really bad. <laughs> and he came up, introduced himself and we started talking. And within three minutes, I knew that I would be friends with him for the rest of my life. Yeah. It was just like, we hit it off. Like we had been friends for 50 years immediately. Very cool. It was very, very strange. You know, you meet those people every once in a while in mm-hmm. your life that kind of do that. So um, we were talking at the airport as we were getting ready, all getting ready to fly out after the event was done. And he said, you ought to come up to festival sometime. And I was like, well, where's, where's the festival headquarters? I didn't even know this is in 2019. I didn't even know their U S headquarters was in Indiana. Hmm. And he's like, oh, we're in Lebanon, uh, Indiana. And I'm like, Indiana, really? So I got on my phone. I looked, it was like two hours and 45 minutes, three hours or so from, uh, Fort Knox. Wow. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, holy cow. I was like, I could come up there when I get done. So I called my wife and I was like, honey, <laughs> I know I've been gone. We just had, we just had our son. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was like one. And it's like, I know I've been gone for a couple months, but you know, can you, are you going to be okay if I take a couple more days? Like I have this amazing opportunity and my wife is German. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met her while I was stationed in Germany. She knows, you know, what Festool is. She knows the the brand. Yeah. It's like, Oh God, honey, of course. Like she knows how in love I am with it. <laughs> so I went up there, you know, that was three and a half years ago. And that's, that's when stuff, you know, all started with the internship and, and everything else. And so that night he he offered for me to stay at his house. So mm-hmm. he's like, you know, come over, stay at the house, so stayed at the house, sat down in his basement, drinking beer, talking about all kinds of things. Really good experience. On the way home, I called my buddy that worked at uh, human resources command. I was like, Hey, can you get me stationed in Indiana? Hmm. And so he did. And so I came up here, but when I got up here, I got up here right when all the, the lockdowns started for COVID. Oh, wow. So Sedge and I actually did not see each other for a long time. And then it kind of started to slow down. So we started getting together every once in a while. I'd see him and we'd kind of hang out. Nobody could go to festival. And then I had to go to, to Fort Bliss, Texas for seven weeks to help support a mobilization for uh, a national guard unit that was getting ready to deploy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and while I was gone, Sedge and his wife spent every single weekend with my wife and my son. Wow. And since then Sedge and I and my wife and his wife are with each other every single weekend. Wow. Um, I mean, he has become like a, like a brother uh, to me. And it's just so interesting. Like he did not have to do that while I was gone, but he knew that, you know, I was worried because I mean, my wife's used to me being gone. I've, I've deployed to Iraq um, or I've deployed to Afghanistan 
uh, when, when I was with her, I met her when I got back from Iraq, but I just thought that was really cool. Like he, he, they went out yeah. of their way to make sure that my wife and my son in a new area, cause we had just moved here, um, were taken care of while I was gone. And ever since then, it just hasn't stopped. That's awesome. I know that was a long story, but it, it's an important no, story great. to tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that speaks a lot to his character and, and it actually, it, it reassures the sedge that we all see, right? Oh, that yeah. He is, he's a, yeah. he's a genuine guy. I met him at IWF last year. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like he would be the coolest guy to just go have beers with. Like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't say anything. He would just talk the whole time, but it would he be. He could amazing. also do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has yeah. no problem keeping the conversation going at all. That's awesome. Um, so backing up to your uh, best tool fascination when you were getting into woodworking, and we know that that's pet. It's it's a pinnacle, you know. Like I said earlier, um. Did you, because most people will kind of stagger, they'll buy maybe Makita, Milwaukee, DeWalt, you know, and then try to get maybe the next best thing later, but you kind of went all in on Festool early on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm from the buy once, cry once mentality, um, yeah. but I, I don't feel that way if you're starting necessarily. So what I did, I bought whatever I needed. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured out what I needed as time went, right? So, you know, I started and built a bunch of stuff. I didn't even know what a joiner and planer was. I found out what they are and I bought a rigid and a delta, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and then I upgraded to from a six to an eight inch and, uh, you know, got stuff off Craigslist and Facebook marketplace and, you know, drills. I was like, oh, this is a good, you know, cheap set of drills from Home Depot, Rayobi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once I know how to use a product and I know what the product can do at that point, that's when I'm going to invest in the, in the best. Um, so like learn the tool, right. Then you buy the good one because then you really get, not only is it probably the last time you'll ever have to buy it, but that's why I got into Festool is, you know, I was looking for that next good thing and I bought one tool and I swear that there's something, you know, with that damn green or I don't know what it is, but like <laughs> the minute you start buying it, it just becomes an obsession. And it, for me, yeah. even today, it still is. Um, doing all this training that I've been doing with Sedge uh, during the internship, like my wish list has grown like right, pretty big to, yeah. to what I would, I wouldn't have thought that I, you know, Dangerous. these are things that I need. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't start with any of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was just as soon as I knew, okay, I want to get a new router. Mm-hmm. Which router I'm going to get? Okay, I'm going to get the 1400. And it was no question. And then once you start buying into that stuff, then it all it's it, it's, it works so well as a system mm-hmm. that it doesn't make any sense to get anything else unless Festival doesn't make it. You know, right. it just makes your life a lot easier. So, um, What's I the just most... kind of, I'm obsessive about stuff like that. Like I just get into things very heavily, very quickly. Yeah. What's the most useless fest tool? 
Isn't Man, it? I've been asked this. Have you been asked this question? I have. And I, it's, I always have a hard time coming up with anything. I can tell you one product that I don't care for versus others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is their parallel guides. Mm. I am not. Sedge loves them. It's like his favorite thing from festival <laughs> and we always talk about this for me personally i they're just not for me um i got yeah. a lot of questions i'm like why didn't i didn't include them in the video that i did hmm. um and it's because they're so one-sided like they're they're for festival and that's and that's it but yeah um yeah that's that's one tool that i'm just not like i i don't ha- i don't even have them anymore i did buy them but they're just yeah. they're just bulky they're large there's there's other less uh, you know, heavy options out there that I think have a little bit more functionality and which is, you know, fine. That's every brand is always going to try to make something right. You know, to, to beat the competition, but that is it. I don't, there's not a single festival product that I have that I regret buying ever. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. I mean, I'll buy their damn limited edition, you know, tool sets that they come out with, yeah, you know? the, 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 the pliers and stuff like that. I, I just bought yeah. those. Yep. Yeah. Pre-ordered that. Them. Yeah. I thought, oh, I didn't even know they made that kind of stuff, but I <laughs> proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And anytime that stuff comes out, I mean, it sells like fire because, yeah, or it spreads like fire because it's this limited edition, you know, it's, it's right. like that like festival crack. Yeah. It's like the McRib. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can only get it now. You so like might as well yeah, eat you better it. better get it. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, you're going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> So that's great. Talking about your, your YouTube, you're planning out your content for, for next year. Um, so, and I know you talked about your routine and how you're kind of worried about that, but as far as like a, a plan goes, do you, in a, in a goal setting, what would you see the end of 2023 looking like for you? For me, it's a monetary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have monetary goals that I would like to achieve and not necessarily like a numbers thing, you know, mm-hmm. would it be cool if, you know, by the end of 2023, I had, you know, 250,000 subscribers. Sure. You know, I've been on the platform long enough and feel like I have enough videos out there Yeah, you know, and getting blown past by all these, you know, new people. I don't want to become the old guy on, on YouTube. I'm, right. you know, I'm too young, too yeah. young for that right now. Um, well, we established that in the pre-show uh, that you're younger than I am. And yeah, yeah, and you're going to retire much sooner than me. Yeah, I'll be 39 years old and retired. I should have uh, got in the service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a monetary goal in mind. Uh, what I would like to, what I would like to make, and it's it's significant. Um, and I think it will be extremely possible to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't really have like a a numbers thing. I, I just, I want my average views on my videos to increase. Right. And it's mm-hmm. not because of, it's not because of, you know, earning ad revenue. It's because I put a lot of time and effort into videos and I want more people to see them. There, there yeah. is nothing worse than, you know, spending a bunch of time editing a video and, and releasing it and it flopping and yeah. no one ever sees it. And YouTube doesn't serve it to anybody because your thumbnail and your title weren't right. Right. Cause that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, your thumbnail and title are everything. Once they watch, once they click on the video, it's up to me to, to keep them in there. Um, 
What but about yeah. in-person events? You're going to be doing more of the speaking events, speaking engagements? <clears throat> speaking, I don't know as much, right? So January, I'll be doing... Uh, I'll be doing a WorkbenchCon class, but one of the the pre-Zoom classes. I'll be at WorkbenchCon um, in March. Uh, I will be at JLC in March. Um, I don't really know of many other things. I, I plan on traveling a lot. I I want to start doing. Um, I want to start doing more collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to go out and visit Mike, uh, coffee. Matter of fact, I was supposed to be going out there, uh, in about a week. Um, mm-hmm. but instead I'm actually going to be going to us tool and fastener in Boston. Mm. Um, and hanging out with those guys for a day or two, but I want to do a lot of collabs. I want to do something with, with, uh, Jason Hibbs, bourbon moth, fly up, fly out to his place for a while and do something with him. Uh, Keith Johnson, um, all things that we've kind of been talking about a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. And I think next year will just be the the opportunity that I'll actually have to do it. The hard part is now is, you know, leaving my wife with, with the two kids. So getting the timing yeah. right is kind of, but again, you know, if it's something that's going to be uh, beneficial to us in the long run, I think it's worth it. Yeah. That's great. Well, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I know that we could, probably go on just like with any podcast we could talk for hours because this is something that we both love talking about Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but you know just thanks so much for doing this um you know taking that time away from family and like you said your wife's asleep the the kids are asleep and you got to get up early (laughs) yeah for for work in the morning but um, want to say thanks uh, again to um, Surf Prep Sandy for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, check them out on social media and all their uh, social media platforms. Sign up for the Facebook group that they have going over there. Um, and on their website, you can use code Maker Lounge, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. And I also want to thank our patrons. Our top tier patrons are Jimmy McAnally, Matthew with Archiano Sirio. Victor with Wim Designs and Justin with Calvary Customs LLC, who was just added this week. So uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters. And uh, we've got an Instagram chat where we kind of talk about what's coming up in the podcast. Uh, They can shoot over ideas for some of the games that we've got. Uh, So like the rapid fire questions and things like that. Some, some come from the patrons. Uh, So uh, thank you to, to all of those patron members. Um, if you want to follow Jason, you can probably just Google Bent's Woodworking. Uh, you're not Jason yeah. Bent, the Canadian soccer player. No, so. no, I'm not. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think there was any other Jason Bents out there, but I, there is. There is another Jason Bent. Actually, I think there's two other. I think they're both soccer players as well. Yeah, but uh, so they can follow you at. Uh, yeah, Ben's Ben's Woodworking on Instagram or YouTube. Same thing on both. Or you can go to Benswoodworking.com. It's my website. Yeah. Or and the Green Suiters podcast. That's right. Yeah. And uh make sure if you're gonna watch his latest videos that you leave a, a nice uh comment on yeah <laughs> on what you agree with or don't agree with in his tool reviews. Yeah. If you leave <laughs> if you leave a negative one, it's probably gonna get read on our podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Oh, now you're just begging for trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, people do it for fun now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking, and you can find me on Instagram, or uh, I tell people don't follow me on TikTok because it's just reposts of my Instagram content. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can follow me on YouTube as well uh, at Voltner Woodworking. Of course, follow the Maker Lounge podcast uh, on Instagram. And I don't do anything really on Facebook or any of the other platforms for the podcast right now. Um, but also leave a uh, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Let us know uh, what you liked about it, and uh, you know that helps get the get the views up or the listens up. So um, would appreciate you doing that. And if you want to become a Patreon member, uh, we've got lots of different incentives. You can check out those different tiers and what you get with that at patreon.com slash maker lounge podcast. So Jason, thanks again. Appreciate it. And um, any parting words of wisdom? No, no. Thank you for having me on. The The thing I typically always talk about if it doesn't come up is the, you know, don't let the social media numbers game run your life. It's good. It'll drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you all for listening and um, we will catch you in next week's episode. Thank you.